Greetings and welcome everyone to Chief Yuya Podcast. We are on episode 59, if I'm not mistaken. Our last piece was Maya, and I think that was episode 58. So yeah, thank you for uh, coming through. Thank you for all your beautiful reviews. Keep them coming. You know, thank you for the support, the kind words, and, um, you know, um, for being on your journey. Thank you. You know, thank you. I wanted to speak about the journey a little bit today uh, or this evening or this dawning, whenever you're listening. Um, but more importantly, the the healing journey, you know, I kind of wanted to speak about a little bit, you know, and maybe some of the, the self-healing mechanisms that we have available to us and kind of look at some of the framework for our own healing abilities. Uh, so it's all about healing in this, se- this, this uh, session episode, you know, and I kind of wanted to dig into that, to that a bit because like uh, you've been hearing me speak about um, some forthcoming projects uh, regarding sexuality and um, our orientation as it relates to the backdrop of our righteous laws and what it is that we're, that we are prohibited, you know, from doing, you know, as righteous people and some of the things that are permissible that we may have never really known about, you know, sometimes there's a, there's a taboo when it comes to sex, there's a stigma. And, you know, if you're righteous and if you're spiritual or even religious, <laughs> you just leave it alone. And that within itself can be damaging. You know, some people are walking with years and years of pain on the physical level, on the quantum level, the energetic level, um, because of maybe some of the shame that was imputed into them early on, um, maybe some of the millions of bad choices that they made that manifested in the world. And, um, you know, haven't really figured out how to heal from some of that or how to use some of what their own formidable gifts are that maybe they've been able to help other people with, but haven't been able to apply to their own um, consensual reality, you know, and allowing and permitting uh, themselves to be healed beyond just theorizing about it, you know? So I wanted to touch upon that because you know, like I, I mentioned in a recent clubhouse, I think it was, yeah, this past, you'll be shown on this past Thursday or Sunday, as many of you would say, uh, I spoke about the, the auto intercourse that we have with ourselves, you know, when our masculine and feminine energies are kind of having this dedicated dance with each other and working out a space to balance each other out. That's a dimension of intercourse that happens intuitively and instinctively inside of the human psyche. And, you know, that that kind of self-love and self-exploration needs to happen before there's any level of um, exploration and empowerment outside of yourself. When you start empowering other people or exploring other people or trying to um, figure out how you can work together, you know, um, share chi and share energy and kind of go on this really remarkable odyssey, 2001 space odyssey plug there. Um, but this remarkable odyssey of, of healing and subsequently share your gifts, um, with larger audiences. If you, if 
helped you might, you know, but first it has to happen on a personal level. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to speak about, about some of that and some of the things that may exist inside of the dark that we haven't really brought out, um, to be luminous and, and looked at and, um, maybe to be reasoned and to see what's urgent, what's not, what, what could heal more within us and, and things like that. So, yeah, I, I wanted to speak on that. And again, before I get started, you know, I've been given this, uh, disclaimer in every segment that I've been doing. I have to, um, the projects that are coming out, um, this Friday, you check your, check out all of the streaming platforms. There'll be a little short. I don't call it little. I'll just say a, a short EP, music EP that I put out, um, for this Friday, uh, some songs that I, I wrote and performed and, you know, the usual, for those of you who know what I do, you know what I do, you know? Um, but of course, every time you probably have noticed by now, everything that I do accompanies something else, you know, nothing really has to stand on its own. So the music, the music energy, the sonic energy accompanies the book that I'm finishing up now, working on now slash finishing up. The finishing up part is the hopeful part, but I am definitely working on it. So it accompanies that, and that also accompanies a class that I um, am putting forth as well right after the book. So they all are a a trinity that work together to help uh, increase the understanding of uh, sexuality and, um, again, um, going beyond just some of the concepts that we're peppered with, but really start to empower us towards some enormous healing in in that area of our, of our lives and some some enormous understanding so we can become a bit more enlightened a bit more knowledgeable you know about how we connect with each other how we connect with cosmic energy you know and how we connect to ourselves in a, a sensuous sort of way so uh the disclaimer has been especially for the music it does contain explicit themes um, and explicit content. Okay. So uh, that's really for all of the project, you know? So um, like I said, I know a lot of times you grandmothers, you sit to children in, in front of the podcast and things like that, which is great. I love it because it also, it also, it also keeps me in check to be honest with you. You know, sometimes, you know, just like, you all, I'm, I'm living a humanistic experience and there are certainly some times when my energy is not as, um, maybe agreeable and, um, you know, I might be tempted to vent a little bit, uh, through these platforms. I've never, ever done it. I probably never will. Just so you know, in case you say, Oh yeah, he did it. I never did it. But, uh, one of the things I always think about is when I get those messages or those comments, and I get those women who are like, yeah, I, I love your stuff, chief. You y'all keep doing what you're doing. You know, I, I me, my grandson and my grandchildren, we listen to, you, you know, and it's always that reminder, like, yeah, you know, be responsible, be responsible, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I just in, in the spirit of responsibility, you know, I just have been given this constant reminder, of course, you know, um. Check the art out for yourself first. Read the book for yourself first. Um, enjoy the class for yourself first. And then you can make a determination if 
you want your youth, you know, to to um, experience it. Obviously, everything that I give you is healing and it's edifying. But there are different ways sometimes that we communicate and channel that healing, you know, and everything doesn't necessarily come um, in a way that's really soft and pillowy. But uh, sometimes it, you know, um, like El Hajj El Malik Shabazz said, you know, we're going to get down and, and talk in a language that everyone can understand. You know, so sometimes our healing um, processes um, come at, at the behest of of okay, it's now it's trying it's time to speak, you know, a different sort of language. So I just wanted to line up those disclaimers and make sure everyone understands, you know, that um yeah, the next set of projects are that are coming are crucial <laughs> to our to our um healing work, no matter what modality you tap into. Um it is critical. Um but at the same time uh we're dealing with some adult uh, subjects. Okay. So with that said, and I'll probably will say it also at the end of this podcast again, because I just really want to make sure, um, if you haven't figured out by now, I'm really protective when it comes to children. Uh, I just really want to make sure that, um, no one walks into any surprise. Oh, wait, what's this book? Yeah. Read this book, you know, give it to your teenage son or something. Although actually the yeah, teenagers could read the books. But, um, you know, I'll leave that to your discretion, but, you know, I don't want anybody to do that and then say, oh, this, this wasn't like uh solutions for family, <laughs> you know, for solutions for dysfunctional family relationships. This wasn't like mind hard words. This is a little, a little stronger. Yeah. So, you know, all right. So with that being said, I, I, I want to get right into this, man, because this is, this is a, an important subject. And, and I would also suggest that anyone who is a minister or someone who works towards the physical, emotional and spiritual healing of any beings in creation, you know, that's kind of your charge and what you claim is as being your purpose and, you know, really helping people to take back responsibility for, for wellness um, as opposed to it being in someone else's hands or under some medical institution or industry, you know, I would, I would suggest you definitely, um, tune in to this this particular segment because uh, I know a lot of times as people who work, you know, with other people to help them out and help them to remove certain Ill, Ill, illnesses or addictions and things like that, um, we, we all kind of hear the same sort of deflective and egoic responses, you know. Um, and sometimes as a person doing the work, and I know, I know, it can be very frustrating um, you know, a lot of times when people are not doing what they're supposed to do, they will even go as so far as to attack you, you know, and an issue that they may have had for the past 25, 30 years. Now, all of a sudden is you, it's your fault. I wasn't like this before, <laughs> you, you know, oh, you make me so angry. Why do you keep asking me that? Why do you keep bringing up my childhood? Why do you? You know, it's, it's, I was fine. I was at peace before I met you. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, you know, all the, all the games that a sick mind will, will play on a, on a scared spirit, you know? So, um, this, this segment is also for you, you know, for, for you also to know that, yeah, you're not, um, you're not mistaken in some of the things that you maybe have witnessed and, you know, um, it's not okay for people to want to remove themselves from the responsibilities of their own illnesses. 
you know, or to try to pass the responsibility of their illness onto someone else, um, that it, it's important that they understand that healing is, you know, at the end of the day and, and most significantly, it's going to be their responsibility, you know, and you're just really an agent who's assisting in, in that process as, as best you can, you know, um, but no one can really leave the responsibility of healing in your hands, no matter how he, no matter how much healing power you think you have in your hands, you know, no one can leave that, uh, totally up to you. And, and it's a very serious thing, you know? Um, so anyone who doesn't really want to accept the, um, inclusive and integrative nature of their own healing, um, will never be able to be healed, uh, correctly because it's never the healer who actually directly does the healing. You know, you find that even in Western medicine, you know, the, the healer is just really, um, creates an efficient kind of connection with healing, you know, to, so that it can be facilitated. But even in Western medicine, you know, you have people who lose their will, uh, to live. They don't fight. And, um, they know, or that industry knows that that's an important thing for survival, you know, that will to thrive, you know, so it, it transcends other areas as well. And we have choices uh, and we make choices that can influence our level of disease. And we have choices that will influence our level of health and we can ignore certain things. Um, or we can dedicate our time and energy to understanding. I guess that's like what's being called being woke, <laughs> if you will, you know, um, but learning those, those patterns of, of healing and, and how energy flows is, is, uh, really important, you know? So I, I just wanted to kind of get into that a little bit. And, you know, the, the first thing understanding is that we have to accept responsibility you know, um, and we have to take charge of our health, you know, physical, spiritual, emotional, you know, we have to make sure that we're making choices as it pertains to our lifestyle that are healthy and that we are, um, we're more interested in our health than anyone else's, you know, we have to learn about our body. And when I say body, I, I want you to be clear. I'm not just speaking about the physical body, our auric body, our emotional body, our Buddha body, you know, our astral projective body. You know, we have to learn these different things so that we can properly defend ourselves against illnesses um, and, and know if our immune system is working at its optimum, you know, level. So sometimes it's some research that we have to do, right? You know, we have this one vessel and um, it, it's important to learn how certain things may um, manifest in, in that vessel and understanding that, you know, a lot of times we do have to look at our, at our lifestyle in order to be well, you know? So our, our first step is really taking that level of, of responsibility and examining um, from a non-judgmental or an, an objective space um, or an objective and non-judgmental point of view what our lifestyle really is, you know, really being honest with that. And and sometimes we may need a little help with that. We may need someone to 
help walk us through and say, you know, this is what I think my lifestyle is. And this is the role that I think it plays in my life. But, you know, maybe we also need to ask someone honestly if they can if they see ways that we can improve, you know, our lifestyle. And that that even goes down to um, the individuals that we we share time with. You know, our environment, as I've often told you, <laughs> which I've gotten from um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, I've gotten that from him. You know, your your nature will always be beaten by your environment. And I hold to that, you know. So when we look at those around us and, you know, we have to look and see, does our environment and the people around us um, reinforce our efforts to improve our health and our positive thoughts, you know, does that radiate from the people around us in our environment? Because that's what will improve um, our health in the long term, you know, really checking the immediate environment. You know, if you're living in an environment where there's black mold all over the walls and you take a little bit of time to remove that, even if it means you got to, you know, um, knock sheet sheetrock out and throw it out, you know, and that may take you a couple of hours to do. It's an immediate thing that will affect your health in the long, the long run. You know, there's many factors sometimes that are invisible, like stress, you know, um, and then there's some things that are a bit more blatant, you know, uh, that reflect some of our poor choices, like drinking alcohol, you know, but having that, that lifestyle change for the better, it will only have a, a positive impact, if you will. So, you know, having that, that analytical mind, even if it's just for a moment, Realizing that at the end of the day, I'm in charge of what's going to happen. You know, a healer will point me in a direction for healing. Sure. You know, but it's up to me to continue in that direction. You know, so my attitude becomes very important in this process. You know, creating a social environment where I that environment now enhances and supports and nurtures my ability to heal. You know, look at the attitudes of the people around you. They have a big effect on your well-being. You know, a lot of your people negative or as soon as something happens, they're like, I told you it wasn't going to work. You know, I, I knew. See, that's why I do what I do. That's, you know, or is it, or is they, they're, they're, or do they look to influence and hoist you up into better and healthier thought patterns? You know, so it's not just about changing your habits and changing your diet and, and things like that, but putting yourself around people who change their attitudes consistently towards the positive, you know, or towards the healthy, you know, because in effect you should be striving to, to create a healthy or more so a perfect environment for healing all the time around you, you know? So even down to like maybe the type of incense you burn when you're at home, Maybe the type of smells that you wear or the type of images that you have on your home. Even if you're like, well, I'm not sick right now, but your environment should always reflect healing. You know, it should always be imputing deposits or depositing, you know, healing credits into your your wellness bank account, if if you will. Because on the other side of that, if you have people around you who are injurious in their attitudes and their, their ways and their culture, that's always going to interfere and counteract with your healing process. You know, I, I've worked with so many people in the work that I do 
where I vowed like I'll never work with this person again. Where like, especially couples, like married couples I've worked with, families, where there's certain issues and I'm working on that particular issue. Like let's say if I come to the home to work on one thing and then an argument will erupt. Something silly. I've had that happen before, even with people who had sick children. Can you come here? My child is sick. This, that, that, that. I come and I'm working with the child and the parents are in the next room arguing. You know, and I've had to say like, all right, look, I've done all I could do. I'm out. I got to go. You know, because clearly this is why this child, why this child is sick. So any process that I may work towards a child's healing is going to be interrupted with the attitudes and the difficulties that you put in front of this person, you know, um, and you know, that attitude obviously is what people face today, not having that, um, healthy outlook, you know, not understanding that that goes hand in hand with our physical recovery, you know, and being able to put things behind it. Like let's focus on what we're doing here. The past is the past. It's the old days is the good old days. That's just, just what it is, you know, um, but not being able to understand the positive power of a person who's healing, you know, um, and how we can recover faster in certain things. You know, our thoughts and our intentions, they have to radiate throughout the universe. They do. I mean, they don't even have to. They do. So everything is connected to everything else. Because ultimately, we're living in a... um we're living in a, in a realm that's composed of energy. If it wasn't composed of energy, we wouldn't be aware of it. So every thought that we have is a form of energy. Every um, intention that we have is a form of energy. So your, your intentions and your thoughts, they'll radiate out. They'll ripple forever and they will affect everything that's in their path. You know, no different than, you know, um, Every molecule that's inside of a glass of water is affected by the straw or whatever you put into it. You know, they all become a part of that, that ripple. So when we start to send our energy out in an optimistic way, it's much easier for us to affect our environment. So our environment gets saturated with positivity, which then facilitates greater healing. And that, that comes also from cultivating open mindedness. You know, um, there is a time to be skeptical when we're researching. Absolutely. You know, but then there's also a time when we have to be open minded and look beyond what maybe um, our family patterns are, our family paradigms and be more faithfully open to what we cannot see. You know, it's like that saying um, a closed mind can only be locked from the inside. You know, so it that that's a that's a key in kind of owning some level of, of wellness, right? We have to understand the dynamics of healing so we can improve the design of our healing modalities to maximize their their efficiency, you know, and know that we have the ability to recreate our our reality, but that lies inside of you, you know, and that accessing that ability it requires imagination. It requires sense. It requires faith. It requires a connection to the creator. And when there's a, there's a complete understanding of that, then healing can be achieved. That, that has to be your, your, um, final destination, if you will, if we say as far as goals, right? 
And this is all like your base level stuff. You know, but for some it's really hard. But, you know, before you start um, going deep, if you will, into the um, the metaphysical aspects and the esoteric aspects, aspects, excuse me, these are the basic gems and the basic uh, steps for how you get started. You notice, again, it starts all with to take responsibility. I have to take responsibility. You know, um, I have to look at how my emotions can block certain things. It is a simple way with that. There's been times that I've been asked to help people with certain issues, you know, but they have a bad attitude. They are emotionally out of control. And it makes me just say something simple. I'm not working with this person anymore. The, the environment is just hostile. I don't feel comfortable. I don't appreciate the vibe, whatever it is, you know, and I know that emotional issues can become more complex than that. So I'm not trying to oversimplify them. I'm just giving a simple example, but they do lead to physical problems. And a lot of times we will allow our subconscious to dictate, you know, um, certain, you know, speeds and rhythms of how we heal because of those subconscious intentions, you know, but when we learn to control our emotions, then we can control our immune system. And of course, by controlling our immune system, we control our health, you know, in order to get to that place of controlling and to some degree, mastering the energy of our emotions, we have to make it a, a regular um, practice, if you will, exercise of tuning into ourselves to understand what are the things that actually make us move and motivate and tick, you know? Um, and that's a deep journey that can really reward you for your life. <laughs> you know, um, when you start to learn, what are the things that drive me crazy? You know, what are characteristics that I may find in others that drive me crazy? What are some of my triggers that maybe will bring out, healthy responses or will bring out unhealthy emotional responses, which, you know, kind of flood our flood our systems with a certain energy, you know, something as simple as that. And I'm telling you, there are people who I know I work with in their seventies and eighties and still who do not know what their triggers are still putting themselves in environments where <laughs> all of their triggers e exist. And, you know, some people, they get high off it. You know, they need that emotional high because they feed off the emotion. But there are some people who still put themselves in that environment and then sit there like scratching their head. What happened? How'd that, how'd that go wrong again? You know, um, but your emotions do play a role in, in the efficiency of your immune system. You see, the, I mean, even down to things that you tell yourself and how they replay in your mind, you know. And those things can lead you to a depression, which affect your immune system, or they could work towards your good. You know, there's different ways that you can provide negative or positive reinforcement. But, you you know, you have opportunities to nourish your your emotional control and, and kind of strengthen um, your ability to to kind of navigate that watery feel, you know, and just understand something when it comes to uh patterned emotions that you've been holding things like that it's like cleaning a house and i you know um 
sometimes I, I, I have a little bit of this struggle, <laughs> a little bit, you know, because of just some, some things that I grew up seeing. And plus, because I, I have so many activities I do. There's so many things I'm into, you know, from computers to mechanics to martial arts to spirituality to construction. I mean, music. I, I got my hands on, <laughs> on a little bit of everything, right? So that means I have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff. You know, I have a lot of tools, you know, and, and tools and from different ranges. You know, I have things to work on electronics, you know, because I used to be heavy into um, electronics and circuitry and, and building my own devices and, you know, really just playing with different circuit boards and upgrading components and things and stuff like that, you know. But then I have a lot of stuff because I, I own homes. so. I've always done a lot of the work myself. I have a lot of, you know, things that you would use to work on a house and, and to landscape and things like that. You know, I mean, we just go through. I got a lot of stuff. <laughs> and then because I worked in the computer field for so long, um, I have a lot of um, technical technology. You know, I have a lot of technology always around me and different wires. And I might need this kind of wire at some point. I might need this type of adapter at some point And. You know, this, that, that, you know, I got a lot of stuff, right? Emotions can be the same way. You know, the more things we get involved in, your emotions are the byproducts of your thoughts. So the more thoughts you explore, the more, more emotions that you're going to have. But it's just like when I'm cleaning out uh, my garage or cleaning out my workshop, I have to say to myself, what I don't need, I need to get rid of. If I don't need it, get rid of it. You see, and emotions are the emotions are the same way. You know, I have opportunities to do that. You know, I I have the the strength and the resources to to remove things that that don't need to be in my space or don't need to be in my emotional body. If I don't need it, it can go. If I don't need that anger, it's time for it to go. You know, and and it's not always anger. Sometimes you might be holding affection for someone that has never been just to you, who's never been kind to you. And you're thinking that affection at some point is going to find its way to them, prick their uh, their defenses, and they're going to look upon you fond fondly. And it, it hasn't happened, never will happen. Get rid of it. You know, you have to clean out. Uh, your emotional room of, of things that are broken, you know, things that you no longer have a clue. You know, it's, I have sometimes I, I have an adapter in front of me right now and I put it on my desk because it was folded up nice and neat. And I said, this is a new adapter and I do not know what it goes to. <laughs> and I said, okay, at some point it's, you know, something um, it's probably something that was rechargeable or something. I'm not sure. And the battery will run out and I realize, ah, this is the adapter for it. So I put it on my desk just in case. But that's an example of things. Sometimes you hold on to things for so long or hold on to emotions for so long. You can't even remember what the origin of the emotion was. You know, so you have to thoroughly kind of go through your mind, go through your thoughts. Sometimes things that you're afraid of, things that you think you have a phobia about, you can't remember where. Where and when it even happened, certain impressions that you have of yourself, 
somebody might have said something to you a long time ago and you don't even remember what was said or who said it, but you're holding it and it needs to be cleaned out. And that cleaning needs to be achieved in order so you can not only heal yourself, but heal, heal others, you know, so you keep what you need and then you, you can begin to achieve a goal of kind of recreating yourself inside of a positive reality within a healthy environment, you know, and that's just a level of habitual house cleaning that needs, that needs to happen so that you can start to look at, uh, your loops, you know, like, in music, we, we used to use these, well, some still do, who like to use vintage equipment. Um, it's called the tape echo delay. And, um, you know, like sometimes you hear a song and it has like a, a delay or even a loop. Loops are like, you know, a beat. Let's say if you get a loop and it's a drum beat or something, right? Or it could be a chord and it just goes over and over and over and you can place it in different places in your song. Um, without necessarily having to do the work. Somebody already did the loop. Somebody already played the drums for you or played the bass or whatever for you. Um, I don't use loops, by the way. <laughs> not that anybody cares. But I feel like I just need to put that out there. I, I am not, uh, a, I am not for loops. You know, I, I play what I, what I play live and that's that. But again, that's a, you know, an older mindset. Um, but nonetheless, we have these devices we call tape loops. Back in the days, we did that with tape. And like an echo, you would say something, echo, 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 echo. And now where it's done digitally, you have digital loop devices or digital delays. Back in the days, especially you listen to old like um, uh, dub music, listen to Scratch Perry, you know, a lot of the songs that he did, you know, um, or songs, I should say, uh, that he produced is probably a better way to put it because he was more of a... Um, he was more of a of a um, engineer than um, you know anything, and a producer. And uh, you know he sung some stuff too. But yeah, Lee Scratch Perry. You listen to his stuff like he's a father of a lot of just psychedelic kind of kind of echoing and tape looping, which what became signature in dub music. You know, um, but yeah, you have this tape sometimes, and this tape runs on a loop. And you have these these habitual emotional responses that become so difficult to change because you won't erase the tape because you're like, oh, I might need that for something. You know, not nah, leave that on there because I might want to watch, you know, the first three seasons of, of Martin again, even though it's online and I can get it here. But now I want the tape just in case, you know, you're afraid to kind of break that pattern and move on, you know, um, not understanding that holding those old recordings, holding those old loops are actually detrimental to your health, you know? So again, it becomes, you know, the onus is on you to understand, um, that your happiness is up to you. The way you process it and affect it and change it is within you. And your emotions will be dependent upon what you think. And you can control those loops or you can control those thoughts, you know, through life, we're going to learn. That's what it's about. And it's just like when you have a, uh, you know, um, a computer notebook or whatever, you know, even when you erase things on your hard drive, if you don't, if you're not using an SSD drive or solid state drive, um, which is functions sort of like a, a memory card, like flash memory. If you, if you have a, uh, not even just a desktop, because even some laptops still use ceramic drives or IDE drives, you, you, those ceramic drives, just like a piece of ceramic, 
they encode and write the data on the drive. It writes it right on it, just like you would write onto a tape or you would write onto a CD or write onto a vinyl album. And even though you replace something off of the drive, the old imprint of your old data is still there. You see? So it's it's the same way within your psyche. Throughout this life, we're learning. We're going through and we're learning. And we're trying to learn as much as we can. And most importantly, learn as much about ourselves as we can in our lifetime. And we react or, or we... We, yeah, we react to various kind of situations that happen and we develop an ability to relate to others in a, in a compassionate way and things like that. But we're recording things on that tape as we're going. And there's times when you have to erase the tape. It's, but there'll still be a record of even what you erased underneath. It's still there. So sometimes you got to do a deep, a deep cleaning, you know, or just recognize that it's there. And that what's on that tape doesn't necessarily uh, encapsulate the concept of me. You know, I and me is much bigger than my journey. And um, I recognize that parts of me emit different energy into the energy field. And for some, it's visible, right? You know, that's what we call the aura. You know, and sometimes it's based upon that old energy that's on my tape or sometimes my aura will shine with the new forms of light that I have because I've constantly done that emotional house cleaning, if you will, and kept myself clean or, or as clean as I possibly can. So then that auric feel becomes a reflection of my intentions um, and my physical, my emotional stature. And it becomes a reflection of of kind of like, um, you know, of of just what I'm projecting outward, what I'm sending outward, you know, and sometimes it could look like a swirl of color, different kind of waves, bubbles coming off of a person, you know. Um, but usually you'll find that when it's healthy, a healthy aura looks like a harmonic exchange of colors. And I'm laughing because you're like, you're not going to see. Um, well, polka dots and stripes can go together. You know, it's all in how you how you lay it out. But you're not going to see a, a clash of colors in, in a way where you'll look at it. Oh, those two don't go together. That looks crazy. You know, there's there's a there's an energetic harmony. And, um, you know, you see that oftentimes on babies. And as we grow older, sometimes our ability to see those things, it gets a little bit suppressed, especially coming up in the West. You know, we lose certain bil- abilities. Sometimes we lose them consciously. We don't want them anymore. You know, um, but a little bit of practice, you know, we can get those things back, you know, and that's a part of your healing. You know, I always tell you an easy way to practice is um, to look at plants, you know, or to look at the the heat waves that rise up from a, a road in the summertime, you know, or in hot weather. You know, when we go through certain emotional um, experiences, it influences and changes the color of our aura. And... um our intentions begin to shape the aura and the physical structure uh, begins to influence the way that the manner or, or the way that the, the energy flows, you see. So just by how we intend, our our energy will look different through intention. You see, that's why somebody may come in a room or you interact with someone. They don't look pleasant to you, regardless of the smile and the nice handshake or 
whatever it is, what they're doing, they don't appear, they don't look, you know, in a way that's, that's pleasant. And their actual physical health is usually not something sometimes that you can see as quickly, you know, unless someone is obese or something like that, or has an apparent disease, but their physical health usually shows itself in how their energy flows. No different than like your physicality determines like how many squats can I do? You know, that will be determined because that's my flow. That's my movement of energy. So it's the same thing with your, with your, um, quote unquote unseen energy. Your physical structure will begin to send that out. And the combination of these things become like a fingerprint, you know, uh, where I can tell, yeah, that's, that's so-and-so's aura. That's so-and-so's energy, um, marker, if you will, or energy glyph, or in some places we call it your character, your Iwa, you know, it's your energy glyph, and, you know, and when you're in a state of good physical health, your aura is like, <laughs> man, it's like a, like a ray gun of rainbows. <laughs> you know, you, you, when it, you see all these, these colors just flowing off of the body, you know, and it's not choppy. It's like sine waves. You know, you have different kind of waves um, when you're dealing with sound or you're dealing with light. Like you have square waves, you have triangle waves, you have sine waves. These are all different ways that the, that the energy will kind of present itself, you know. But those sine waves are much smoother. That's when it's like, bo, You hear how it like it ebb and flows, but there's a smoothness. You see, there's a smoothness. Whereas, whereas a, a a square wave would be like, you see, it's got sharper um, highs and lows, you know. So it's just kind of a difference. And triangles is similar as well. As those are very, very, very crude examples, just so. But you can always, you can like Google what those waves look like. You can actually see images of them. Um, but nonetheless, you notice the sine wave is like kind of more of a smooth flow. That's how we are when we're healthier. That's that, that flow is smoother. And, you know, like a fingerprint, no one's aura looks like another's aura, you know, cause it, you have differences of color, differences of size, differences of inten- intensity, differences of shape. You know, and there's so many different ways that we can look at the aura of a healthy or an unhealthy, unhealthy body, if you will. And um, I mean, none of us has a perfectly healthy body. No one. You know, we all have something that will cause disruptions in the aura. There will always be some kind of break in the aura, you know, um, and it could be an old injury that you had years ago whether it could be emotional in injury, mental injury, physical in, in, um, injury, or something that you're dealing with now. It could be an issue that's developing. And, you know, we're constantly seeking to kind of reestablish some kind of harmonious flow, you know. Um, but the external auric body is a way that we kind of begin to look at getting a, a maybe a, a, a indicator of certain problems within the body, you know, um, or if to see if there's an injury, there's an illness, and if there's varying shades, because your colors will, will will vary in shade, you know. Um, and then we can work to remove some of those blockages. 
you know, doing something as simple as like, um, holding your hands, you know, like about, eh, say two inches apart, let your palms face each other. And then you push your hands together and then you'll feel a certain resistance. It's like magnets pushing each other apart. And then, you know, you spread them out, put them in together, you know, again, and that's like an easy way you can start just to understand and feel energy, even your own energy. So you can feel it in, in others, you know, and then you can do the same exact thing. You find yourself like a, um, like a, a, a black or like a dark piece of fabric, even a curtain or something like that. And try to reach your hands around the front of it, front of that fabric, if you can. You know, if you could do it in front of a mirror or a camera or something like that, it's good. And you do the same exact activity. If you look closely, you'll see kind of like a blur between your hands. You got to do it in front of a dark, a dark um, fabric and you'll see it. You'll see this, you know, do the same thing, two inches, push them in and out and and you'll see some energy there, you know. And and of course, if you want to bring um, energy in, you know, always understand you can bring energy in through your heart, through, through your, your head, top of your head down into your heart, you know, and then you can send it out from your heart throughout to, to your right arm, send it out to your fingertips. And then you can send that back out into or back through your left, your left hand. And bring that back into the heart. And it creates this energy circuit when you do something like that. You, you see, you bring it in through the top of the head, comes in from the top of the head into your heart, comes out of your heart, through your right arm, through your right fingertips, goes from your right fingertips into your left fingertips, through your left arm, back through the heart again. And now you have your, you have an energetic, energetic circle. And at different times, you're going to feel the intensity of it, you know, when it's circling through, sometimes it's going to be strong. Sometimes it's going to be weak and you're going to realize, okay, well, get a little sense of what I'm, <laughs> you know, what I'm, what I'm working with now, you know, and there's so many different ways to see your aura. There's no, something as simple as just standing in front of a full length mirror, you know, relaxing your eyes so they're almost closed, but not closed. And, um, tr- you just try to see, um, and feel the flow and try it with the lights on, try it with the lights off, you see, or low light and full light. So many different ways to kind of understand that mind-body connection and how it relates to your healing and your immune system, you know. Um, and these are like, I'm giving you really simple stuff, you know, obviously, because it, it goes so much deeper uh, when you're dealing with, with energy and regeneration of of yourself. You know, because we, we live in a society that has placed some really artificial sort of blockages and boundaries on, on all of us. So what that ends up doing is like creating a fragmented sense of self, you know, and that can be a reverse when we start to function more in a more integrated sense. You know, when you start to see your oneness with the energy of all things around you, because you realize, well, heck, if I have a this energy that's kind of glowing and emitting off of me is touching other things. And other things have it as well. So all these different energies are combining with each other. And there's a consciousness that exists within a greater field of energy that is interconnected and is constantly providing an informational exchange. You see. And there'll come a time when that that truth and that revelation 
um, will be seen as very obvious. It, it'd be readily accepted. It won't be seen as new age or super religious or I don't know, whatever it is <laughs> that people who might hear this may classify it as, you know, at, but you know, our subconscious thoughts and the background noise of our self talk are equally responsible and power, powerful in our wellness. And they have to be synchronized with the greater conscious mind, you know, cause that greater conscious mind is going to influence the subconscious mind and the subconscious mind is the one that has the greatest power over your immune system. And, you know, so your conscious attentions, your conscious intentions, they have a great effect on the quality of your immune, your immune system. And, you know, one of the, the best ways to kind of direct, um, the intentions of what you want the immune system through the mind is just through visualization when you are getting ready to go to sleep or even in your sleep state, when you're able to kind of be in a more relaxed or meditative state. Um, so e and even when you wake up, you, you just keep reinforcing positive thoughts towards yourself, positive thoughts towards other, other people, you know, um, and it's in doing that, you're kind of like, um, maintaining a garden. If you will, your mind is a garden, like the garden of, of Eden, the garden, the God of Eden. It represented higher thought. The East is your higher thought, your higher revelation. And it requires re weeding. It requires tilling, if you will. You know, like you said, man, we need someone to till the ground. The ground has not been tilled because man has not been made yet. Someone's got to maintain this place because weeds will come up as a part of our journey. That's a normal thing, you know. Um, so we, we're always looking to resonate at a frequency that is at a subconscious healing state, you know, if, if at all, if, if we can. And, you know, like I said, there's so many different ways, but we're understanding that energy is information, you know, and every physical object that we come in contact with, it emits information, um, in the form of, of quantum data, really, you know, and our bodies feel which exists within this quantum field can pick up quantum information and access it. And that can be accessed and assessed by a proficient healer. You know, as healers, we can look at quantum information in the body and the state that it's in. And we'll notice certain areas of like stumbling or clumsiness in the body or difficult difficulty. And then we can facilitate some sort of change and the existing kind of quantum body by adding new information to that body. It's like new programming, you know, so we can, we can help to program the body with new goals, which will update the physical to match the newly assessed quantum information. It's like, it's like programming a, a computer, if you will, you know, but the first thing you got to understand is that we're all healers because you have to be responsible for your, your healing. And there's a wave of healing knowledge that you know, it's so accessible now that we've not really had accessible to us throughout the world. You know, sure, we have a really long way to go in terms of getting where we want to go. And group healing has to happen. And, you know, it's it's more than just um, kind of, well, I, I'm good, <laughs> you know, but really looking at uh, the possibilities for, for helping and healing others and understanding that everything doesn't have to happen through. Um, every chronic condition, the result or, or the, the solution for it isn't large doses of painkillers, but learning how to master your feel. You know, we have people who suffer from things that are supposedly uncurable. 
you know, um, like fibromyalgia, for instance, right? And you can get people together who have that condition and you can merge them in terms of recognizing that they're one and bring them through a certain conduit and they, they can convey healing and new information to each other's field. That's the key in anything that you're ever dealing with. I mean, it goes so deeper beyond even just um, healing the physical and, and emotional trauma and things like that, even down to accusation. And that's so hard a lot of times for people that I work with, you know, um, sometimes they go through certain things and I say, you know, you have to be someone other than who is receiving those accusations or who received that indictment or who's receiving those charges. And they kind of just nod their head. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But they don't really get it because it requires a certain work that they may not want to put in. You know, once you realize that your bodies are made of energy and you're made of energy, then you'll appreciate the interconnectedness that you have with every cell within you and your potential to reprogram it and become something different and then affect others around you because of your reprogramming. You know, you think about quantum string theory, which tells you that matter is energy, which is either a frequency or it's a vibration. So that means everything that exists in the universe is made up of energies that vibrate at different frequencies and using different patterns. So you can, it's like music, you know, like you can reprogram the frequency. You could play a different note. You don't have to say, play the same, the same note all the time. You know, um, when you're at a disease state, emotionally, you're unwell, mentally, you're unwell, physically, you're unwell. It's because you have an imbalance of energy and that manifests as ailments, depending on, you know, where that blockage may be. And uh, a lot of times we first experience it as stress. And that can change, you know, depending on the person. Some people, they suffer from chronic migraines or chronic stomach aches when they have stress, you know, or there's a, there's some kind of breakdown. But that breakdown happens because, you see, I'm dropping things in on my desk. So I'm sitting here playing with <laughs> that breakdown happens because um, our patterns of wellness have been disrupted and they're not flowing into harmonious images or harmonious pictures, you know, um, and the goal of our energy and our cell bodies is to commute or communicate, excuse me, wellness to each other. And sometimes that's blocked, you know, so we have to use some of these, these healing modalities and protect the auric body and protect, protect um even our three-dimensional projection which is not as real you know and understanding that you know um there are ways to there are ways to, to self-heal but um we would be considered dysfunctional if we were unable to kind of recall the basic functional modalities of our wellness you see, we're, we're always visualizing something. That's just how the, that's just how the mind works. It's just, you know, it's always pictures. But, you know, in order to really capitalize on the power of that and reprogram it, it starts with knowing yourself. You know, once you know yourself, you can begin to guide your emotions. You can begin to guide your perception of your memories, you know, your future memories, your past memories, your present memories, your intuition. You know, you can start to fine tune 
your immune system to heal yourself because your mind has control over every single function that's within your body, right? And instead of reacting to your old habits that come from your emotional triggers, you'll be proactive in creation of new thoughts and new reactions that are healthier. You'll choose to take in only information that you need to improve your well-being. You don't become the information whore. You know, you know that you can go beyond any limitation because you've previously felt that that you may have felt based on what others have inputted into you. You know, you can start to kind of reach towards new expectations and understand that you are responsible for yourself. You know, that trusting of yourself comes from knowing yourself. You know, you start to get rid of your lifestyle issues and those poor choices. And sometimes it's something as simple as working less and playing a little bit more. You know, you start to balance out your your life a bit physically and emotionally and um, spiritually. Not that's a part of it. You, you, you begin to think more in a in an upwardly positive manner. You know, you monitor that self-talk, you know, to ensure yourself you're always moving towards your goal of wellness, of wellness, you know, and your outcome will be synch- synchronized with that goal. You know, as you're weeding out the negative feedback and you're replacing it, what you need to recreate your positive reality. Now, that doesn't mean that not that doesn't mean that you weed out helpful critique. Sometimes somebody will tell you you're doing something wrong. You say, oh, that's negative talk. It's not negative talk. I mean, there's to be critiqued or to receive feedback. You can receive constructive feedback, which says do more of this. It's very helpful. You can receive destructive feedback, which says do less of this. It's very helpful. In order to construct, you have to deconstruct. In order to deconstruct, you have to construct. There's there's destruction and there's construction. They go hand in hand. You know, everything is not going to be there to kind of massage your ego, but you have to be able to listen in a a way where um, you're not immediately creating opinions based on what's being shared, you know, because that's exhausting. <laughs> Sometimes you need to retire from that job. That's that's an exhausting job, you know, of constantly creating opinions based on judgments. You know, I wouldn't want that job. I, that's, whew, you'd have to pay me a lot. I, it just wouldn't be worth it because it would kill me. That's that's the type of job that that breaks your system down so quickly that you can't even manifest any real intentions you can't even start to treat your subconscious like that genie in the bottle where it's like you know your wish is my command you're too busy wading through your piles of opinion you see it's not worth it so you start to use visualizations that show your body where the, where there's a problem because you're using visualizations that show you in your 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 maximized state so you can easily see when something is is off you know, and, and there's some other techniques. I'm not even going to get into the techniques, um, but I just kind of wanted to touch upon this first. And I'll get into more of this because as I'm talking more about, like I said, this project or these projects that I'm working on that surround sexual health um, and in terms of not just health, sexual health, in terms of like what we do to remain healthy, through, even throughout our sexuality, but some of the ways that we perceive um our sexual, our sexuality and how sometimes those hangups, yeah, they can turn into infectious diseases. 
You know, they can turn into your 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 HIVs and your hepatitises and you know your 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 HPVs and your different colds and and flus and things like that just from the thoughts that you have because your thoughts are not congruent with with healthiness with 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 being healthy. You know, so sometimes it, it comes out as gastrointestinal issues. Sometimes it, it comes out as pain issues. You know, there's different ways that 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 um, back injuries. Right. You know, I, I touched upon that a little bit in um, the last I knew affirmative that we did last Sunday. And I just spoke quickly about, you know, how sometimes our our emo- well, not sometimes but every time our emotional state will manifest itself within our body cavity, you know, and in different places, whether it's your shoulder, your groin, or, you know, your calves, or sometimes even in broken bones, you know, um, our energy is not radiating as it built, as it should. And sometimes we have trouble setting ourselves free by visualizing those streams of, of health and light that are coming through to us. You know, sometimes that's, that's a little bit different, uh, difficult. So, you know, there's so many different ways sometimes that we inadvertently block, you know, what would heal us and how we heal ourselves. And like I said, it all begins with responsibility. Taking responsibility is always the start before we even start getting to how we vibrate, you know, uh, our different energies and we merge ourselves with, with those coherent energy patterns of health and we begin to act as a proper conduit for energy and, and things like that. Like, the, you know, yeah, that, that happens, but there are some important things that happen uh, prior to that. And sometimes it's hard to grasp the concept of, you know, healing and interconnectedness and the different boundaries that we set up, and you know, like, hey man, if I can't taste it, if I can't see it, if I can't hear it or smell it, it's not real. It's not affecting me. Um, which basically just means if I can't measure it or explain it through, some sort of scientific study based on Western science, then it's not real. But that that's just a destabilizing limitation, you know, and it it destabilizes the foundation of what could be a very healthy worldview. You know, um, our our existence, even our physical existence, is based existence is based on the concept of individual separate separateness. If you go along the west the Western route. You know, and things that are not visible are not to to the naked eye are not real, even though Western science will tell you that electromagnetic waves are all around you, even though we cannot. We, we cannot really we, we can't sense them. You know, we're not really aware of them, but we believe there are radio wave frequencies. We can't see them. Right. But we we tune into certain stations and we expect them to be there. You know, and, you know, for the last what hundred and change years, we've all accepted that radio waves do exist, even though we can't see them. But accepting that we have our own energy systems that emit their own waves is like really difficult. You know, it's some kind of strange phenomenon. It must be impossible, <laughs> you know. But anyway, um. That's what I wanted to share. Now I'm going to do my reiteration of housekeeping. Um, got some projects coming out, you know, this Friday, hard on part one, hard on part one. Yes, that is the name of it. 
the audio project. Hard on. I'll explain it later. Although it's kind of self-explanatory, right? <laughs> uh, uh, that will be coming out on all your streaming platforms um, this Friday. And you definitely check that out. And like I said, explicit content. And then after that, we'll have the book coming forth. The book is like, you're going to really, I the book is going to be really healing. It really is. You know, that's why it's taking me a little longer to kind of um, just decide what I want to include. Because it could really be like a 600-page book. Um, and I try to do shorter sort of lessons nowadays because, you know, people have a lot on their minds and, you know, People are just unfortunately not as relaxed. Crazy enough, during the shutdowns, people were home looking for things to do. You know, you could have released all the books you wanted, you know, in 2020. People were just home, you know, and they you could have put out a 500-page book. They sat and read it. Now things have opened back up. People are on the grind and the hustle again. So you have to teach a little different, break things up in parts. But this book will really be healing, man, because... I'm touching on a lot of things that pertain to, like I said, how we have been taught or implied to deal with our own sexual and sensual selves that have nothing to do with righteousness. Nothing. You know, I didn't grow up in church. I know a lot of people did. And based on their being raised in church and whatnot, you know, they have certain hangups about certain things. And a lot of the things that you got, you have hangups about are not even in the book that you grew up studying. It's just something that people made up, you know, or because they didn't, because they were turned off by it. They were disgusted by it. They, they said, Oh, you know, God doesn't like this. You don't like it. <laughs> you know, we all have, have our own things, you know, and certain things have not been outlawed. Certain things are not a transgression of, of the law. But we've been, it's been implied to us that it is. So as a result, um, these mechanisms and these portals that have been put inside of all of us to experience certain adventures and certain, um, knowings through our pleasure senses and through our enjoyments of combining with another person, we've blocked ourselves off from that because of dogma and social standards, you know? So yeah, it, I think it would be really healing, man, because there's some people who, innately have thrown the baby out with the bathwater, if you will, like innately have known, like, no, this is not wrong. And there's some things that are wrong. Don't get me wrong. So just before anybody starts to, uh, wave any flags in the air. I'm, I'm okay. I'm no, there are some things that, that no, we don't do, especially as our new culture, but there's a lot that we do. One of the key things to think about when you look at holy books, you mainly get told what not to do. And we look at that and we get frustrated and say, see, man, you can't do nothing. No. You're not told all the things you can do, which tells you that anything outside of these things, you're good to go. Even if you look at the dietary laws of, let's say, Leviticus. Okay, no, you shouldn't be eating shrimp and Shouldn't be in cats, shouldn't be in wolves and dogs and canines and, and things like that and bats and all those different things. But you know how many other things there are to eat? <laughs> I mean, you don't really even have any dietary laws on plant life. 
You know how many different fruits and, you know, different things that grow in the trees that are so freaking delicious that you maybe have never even come in contact with? I mean, have you cr- ever cracked open a, one of those stinky Darien fruits? Yeah, yeah, they smell d- terrible. But, like, have you ever made Darien pudding? It's so delicious. You, you know what I mean? There's so many things that you could do. But once we lay out, don't do this, don't do that. This is prohibited. That's prohibited. That's prohibited. Then it's like, okay, now you go run free. Your borders have been set up for you. But unfortunately, we focus on or we've been taught to focus on the prohibition more than anything and not the freedom that we have. Because once we have the boundaries, now we're free to, to, to go enjoy yourself. Here's the boundaries. and Go knock yourself out. You see? So, yeah, I, you know, I just wanted to um, share that. It, 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 I, I'm, I'm excited about that work because I know that there are many people who've got caught out there. Like I said, I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't necessarily have that fire and brimstone. I didn't grow up with fire and brimstone speeches, but I know people who did. And they ended up making um, really poor decisions that affected the welfare of their soul and their relationship with the Most High. I mean, the welfare of their spirit and the relationship with the Most High because of poor teaching, you know, and it's not to say again, I want to go do something that's harmful and injurious to my spirit. I should be allowed to do that because it feels good. That's not the stuff I'm talking about. There are some things that do damage you. There are some things that dishonor you as a person, dishonor other people are harmful to other people and dishonor your creator. That is that, that is real. But those things I do touch on in the book. So it's, it's, yeah, it's it's um going to be a really beautiful thing, right? So, you know, that's coming forth soon. And then, of course, the class as well, the sexual alchemy class, man, which is the part one, actually, the sexual alchemy class. That's going to be done in parts two, man, at parts as well. So, yeah, you know, I just wanted to share that again. Explicit content, you make the decision, <laughs> you know, as to how you deal with your youth or whatever. You know, everyone is, is different, has the right to be different in terms of, Exposure, that's the whole point. That's that's what sick society is seeking to take away from you as a parent, that choice and, and how how fast or how slow you decide to introduce certain concepts and what the, the sexual imperative is for your household and for your family and for your dynasty, you know. But anyway, enough of that. <laughs> Just wanted to put that 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 warning out there. All right. So this is Chief Yaw. It's been a Chief Yaw podcast. I think we, like I said, I think this was episode 59. Um, 60 isn't really a big number, but I mean, I mean, we do something special for the 60th. Probably won't, though. <laughs> I don't think I did anything special for the 50th. So, you know, we're just going to keep going. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, thank you for uh, definitely tuning in and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Be sure to leave reviews and all that stuff that every podcast person asks you to do. Uh, I don't remember all the things, but you know what they say, the reviews and the ratings and, and stuff like that, especially those of you who buy buy my books. You know, um, sometimes people buy the books and then I do appreciate the messages in my inbox. Like, oh, I love this book, but it's so much more helpful if you leave like an Amazon review. You can say the same exact thing. You can copy and paste how much you loved it, how much it helped you and your family and your children and your marriage and all that. And just put it on Amazon. And I think you could even do it anonymously. So if that's a concern, you know. But, yeah, in any event, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, I will see you all uh, very soon. All right. Be well.
be safe, be loving, be kind. Peace, 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 peace. Chief, you, you're out.